Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Your Work, Your Way podcast. And today we have a special treat. I'm interviewing Lauren, who I've been working with for, gosh, over a year now. And we've been coaching together one-on-one, covering topics from career to family dynamics, to relationships, to confidence, to body image, and everything in between. And I'm excited to have her here today because she's going to be sharing some of the aha moments she's had, offering some takeaways and tips for all you listeners so you can get something from today that you can immediately apply. And you'll get to hear more about her journey, which can often help us touch into our own self, our own sense of what we're after by hearing it through another. So it is a true delight to have her here today. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to her now so she can introduce herself. Hi, thank you so much for having me here, Lisa. It's an honor, truly. Um, My name is Lauren Lindsay. I'm 23 years old. I'm from Puerto Rico. And I'm just happy to be here to share my ahas and my insights and what I've learned throughout the year and a half, I think, with Lisa here. I feel like we've both seen my progress and witnessed my transformation, especially within the last few months. So I'm excited to share more about that. Yeah. Yeah. It has been a a while. And you can see coaching is an interesting experience because in the beginning, it sometimes feels like you're going backwards. But that's Mm -hmm. because we're pulling out a lot of the the stories and the limits that maybe our brain had been sweeping under the rug because it wasn't ready to go there. But once you start working with a coach and you make that decision, you've uh, opened up yourself to do that. And so sometimes it can feel quite heavy and dynamic in the in the thick of it. But by continuing to work through it for yourself and show up for yourself and get coached on it, that's when we start to see then that rapid transformation sometimes takes a little bit. Sometimes there'll be up and downs along the way, but the acceleration effect really seems to come into a play. I totally agree. I feel like, especially when we started coaching, well, when I started coaching with you, it was very... I just feel like the first session I ever had with you was just a full-blown meltdown. Like I was just full on crying and it was just truly me in the thick of all my stories and all the things that I was carrying, just pulling out. And we, you know, through the next few months, it was a lot of that as well, of like pulling out things and just, you know, digging deeper and deeper into what stories are so conditioned or integrated into my identity and myself that I was just like, I just can't see beyond it. It was like, I truly believe that those were like my reality. Yeah. So we began working together. It was February 2021. What led you to making that call to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready for a coach. Yeah, I feel like um, we started in February because in that New Year's Eve, I kind of came to terms with the reality of like my relationship with my mother and how at that time I saw it as her showing up as a narcissist throughout my 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 younger years and 
it just came to a halt where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't relate to her. I can't continue doing this to myself. And, you know, I was like, I remember telling my partner, Cynthia, I was like, Cynthia, like, I knew she was into the coaching program and she reached out to somebody else and they were like, well, we can try to find something that's like aligns with your Enneagram. And I was like, okay, that works for me. And we started coaching and I was just like, I guess it was all about the mother wound. It was a lot of like that baggage. It was a lot of holding myself back because I felt like I couldn't prosper as a person, as an individual, because I was always almost like waiting for my mom to get better. I had this humongous expectation of what she was supposed to be and what she needed to be for me to be able to connect deeply with other people. It was like I created this story in which I was in a bubble and I couldn't progress. I couldn't do anything in life until I had this one ego like ego need met. Yeah. What do you think that ego need was? There was a lot of um, need for security and a sense of like being seen, acknowledged. You know, I feel like honestly, I wasn't allowing myself to express any soul needs until all of those ego needs were met, but not just by anyone. And I felt like it needed to be met by my mother back then. Mm. And for everyone yeah. listening, when we're talking about ego needs and soul needs, this is a part of the soul activation framework. Uh, I use it in all my coaching sessions. I have a certification about it as well. And it's this idea that there's three core needs our ego has and three core needs that our soul has. And what we want to do is we want to help create a sense of alignment within ourselves so that we can have these needs, which are really those values that we have become fulfilled. And sometimes that is an action shift that we can make. And oftentimes it's more of that changing our reality of how we see things. So Lauren sharing here around security and this idea that she wanted to be liked and loved and nurtured by her, her mother. And that need for that was creating this sense of, of almost like a halt in your life before anything else. That's what you were looking for. Yeah. So what did you do to help yourself through that? Well, honestly, it wasn't until the month of this year of August that I truly had a humongous um, shift. But before that, I came to terms. We started our coaching in 2021, February. And by 2022 of December, I came to terms with how I was coping with a lot of things, with my mother wounds and like a lot of like, avoidance tendencies and just you know i was just hiding i was running from it all and a big part of what shifted my mentality of just taking ownership of certain coping mechanisms that i had i started i joined aa in december and i've been now nine months sober i'm really proud of that um it was i quit smoking weed because i was just numbing it out I, you know I had stopped talking to my mother. I created a boundary and everything, but I still wasn't dealing with the source of what was in there. You know, I put a boundary. I wasn't talking to her anymore. I was, you know, I was, I was developing skills. I was getting tools and I was improving as a person in some aspects, but then I would revert very easily back into my old ways because I wasn't dealing with this humongous shadow right next to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was easy to, put the shadow, give a shadow a face of my mother rather than the face of like my own self. 
Yeah. It's easier to put the blame on something else rather than having to realize, oh, this is actually on me. This is actually my responsibility to manage and handle. It's on me to actually work on all these things and feel them. It's on other people's responsibility. For for anyone listening to this who maybe has had a similar wound, what would you advise they do? What would be the first thing you would recommend for them? The first thing I recommend is allowing yourself to feel that hurt. You know, I feel like I spent a lot of time numbing it out and just holding it in. And when it came out, it came out intensely, aggressively, out of proportion reactions. I need to let that be, you know, get out of my system for me to move on and continue forward to the next step, which is acknowledging that, you know, that person, that authority figure, that mother, that parent, that father is a human being as well. You know, they have their own story that they tell themselves, their own reality of how things were. You know, they did their best in their capacity of that reality. But once you let yourself feel that hurt, you're able to be like, you know what? It's like when you're a kid and you just cry and cry and cry. And then you at one point you're just kind of like, I'm just tired of crying. And then you see like, what can I do about it? Yeah. You know, that's kind of like where I was with it. I feel like once we get older, we're, we're basically shamed out of letting those emotions be experienced. We're supposed to be an adult and just work through it. And we end up hiding away a lot of those emotions instead of letting them out. But I love that you said you just let yourself feel it so that yeah. you could then move on. Yeah, you know, I feel like you may think you're not, you're hiding it very well, that you're numbing it out perfectly, but it's coming out in every relationship and every moment that you get triggered or you have an emotional, visceral reaction to something you're not enjoying at the moment because it's going to come out one way or the other. So, at least for now, I've realized that I enjoy more the process of letting it out when it's happening rather than like bringing it on to other people's lives. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from these ideas of what we think people are supposed to de- be. We have a script for what we think our mother should be or our father should be or whoever it is. And if they don't meet that script, our brain wants to know, well, what's wrong? Is it me? Or is it them? And so we end up in this weird combative relationship. And then we can often deny our own emotions because we don't think it's right to be upset at our mother. And so then we feel shame for our frustration. And so instead of handling the frustration and, and letting it move through us, we just buckle up into ourselves. So the ability to have the courage to stop and just feel and to have a place to just let it out can truly make a massive impact on all aspects of life, just like you're saying. So for people who don't feel like they can process that emotion or really know what you mean by by that, can you offer either an example or a way that people can help get back into those emotions? Well, I can only talk from my own personal experience, but when I on my day-to-day life experience with other relationships and whatnot, if I saw that someone was becoming either what I consider to be a reaction out of proportion or intense or something that could be escalated, 
I would get a little bit controlling in the way of like, I would tense up and I would go into analytical mode of being like, what can I do to call this situation and make it stop? What can I do to make this whole circumstance stop what's escalating? You know, and that's me avoiding trying to feel out of control. I'm anxious. I'm fearful what could be. And it's okay to be feel those things. You know, now I let go of wanting to micromanage the other person. You know, I tell myself, you know, they're having a reaction. And that reaction has completely nothing to do with my experience over here. If they want to lose their shit on somebody else, that's on them. I don't have to get sucked in into their reality of like, if they want to be an asshole or not. That's okay. I'm safe. I'm okay in my reality. I'm okay with my response and how I'm being around me. You know, I feel like a lot of people grow up feeling responsible for other people's reactions or responsible for what other people may be expecting of them and this and that, you know, I just, it's their responsibility and it's your responsibility to be your own as well. You know, it's easy to put it upon another person to be like, Oh, you had this reaction. So that's why I'm like this. No, that is not what's going on here. If you're having a feeling and emotion come up, you need to let yourself feel it and be like, is this a reasonable reaction? Or am I, is this coming from a place of like trying to control another person's reality? Control has been a consistent theme in what you're saying here. Like you, you noticed an emotion either big in you or big in another. And so your original response was, how do I manage this? How do I control it? So I'm okay. So if we give up or more so let go of this, need to have to control it, what are we left with? Well, let me frame it for someone. I let go of the control, the need to micromanage what this other person's going to do. What happens if they escalate and they make a scene? I don't feel responsible. I don't have to have that experience with them. I can just be at peace knowing that I'm safe. It gives me a sense of knowing exactly where you are in yourself rather than depending on external realities to know how you're feeling inward. What else did you notice or from the past year and a half would you like to share with with the listeners? I'm going to come back to the mother wound that we were conversation that we were having earlier. Um, cause I went into my AA discussion about how I did that. And I started working with my shadow more, you know, I had a sense of confidence, integrity come up in me, but I still had this like little thing that kept bugging me and I just couldn't shake it off. I was just like, no matter how well I think I'm doing, I keep reverting to old patterns, old habits, old stories. And I was like, why, what's going on here? And in August, my partner, Sean, and I were having a conversation and it escalated. And I was just like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so hung up on this story of like, I need to stay a certain way. And like, why am I trying to make this such a big deal? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I'm holding on to a child version of myself so that if my mom ever recovers, if my mom ever starts doing the work needed to show up and what I would have as an expectation.
expectation of what it is to be a good mother, then I'll be able to grow up and I'll be able to overcome that. After that big realization, I realized that I needed to stop making my mom my world and make myself my own world. You know, I am my own person. I am my own identity. It doesn't depend on others around me and whatnot. And after a year and a half, probably of not speaking to my mother, she called me and we had a great conversation. I mean, it hurt. There were feelings that came up and I didn't stop them. I cried. I wasn't like trying to numb out and I wasn't trying to fix her. I wasn't trying to change her perspectives and trying to change the way she sees things. I was just like, you know, this is where she's at. This is where I'm at. And that's okay. I don't need to change myself to meet up with her at that level where she's at. And that's okay. And it's so much more liberating. I don't have this weight on my shoulders. It's just, it's even better knowing that I have myself as an individual. This is me. And I show up. I get to decide how I show up. Yeah. The beauty of that too is then your mom can be your mom and there's no right or wrong way for her to be. And she can just be her and you can just be you. And then you can truly connect, which is what you were after. The soul's after all along. Yeah. You know, like I had this image for many years that a mom is, you know, the traditional mom. She's has a house. She maintains a house. She takes you to, to appointments. She does this. You know, I've been able to realize how fucking amazing my mom is without having to put her in a box of what a mom should be. You know, she is smart. She's brilliant. She's an artist. She works. She travels. She's an adventurer. She she is an amazing woman. And I've never in the past allowed myself to see that because I had such resentments about where she should be in my box viewfinder. Yeah. So now you can actually see the beauty of the mother that she is when before that couldn't be revealed because there was such a fixed role in what a mom was. Yeah. Truly, you know, and as many things in my life, I feel like I live a very non-traditional way. You know, my partners, I'm in a, I have two partners, Sean and Cynthia, and I connect deeply with many other people emotionally and whatnot. And, you know, I just feel like I never had a blueprint to what a certain relationship should look like or my relationship with my mother or my relationship with my family and all these other things but i've especially with the coaching as of late i've just realized i'm the writer i'm the author of my life and the page is blank and i'm like that is such a fucking gift i get to decide what role to take into these things you know with my mother it used to be like it has to be this not that the page is blank i'm like oh i enjoy talking to my mom about different topics it's not traditional and she may want to be a mom sometimes and tell me like certain things i'm like yeah cool mom i don't have to i don't have to take the advice i don't have to like make it like mom is saying this so it must be right type of deal i'm just like yeah mom is sharing her thoughts and i get to take from it what i like and what i don't that's okay yeah yeah i love the author analogy because often we we give our written work to somebody else to proofread like proofread Mm -hmm. our life is this right 
whether it's mom or your partners, whoever it is, or they give us their version and say, this is supposed to be in your book. And then you have to decide, whoa, whoa, whoa. is that, is that truly the page that I want? Is that a page from my book? Or is that really just them trying to give me their own version of the story, but it's a different book. It's their book, not mine. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's okay that it's their page. It's okay that that's your story. I don't need to prove that my writing, that my chapter is more or less than theirs. Yeah. So we spoke about this a bit too with your evolution of the relationship with your partners. Do you want to share more about what communication has been like, how that's transformed? Yes. When I I started dating Sean and Cynthia when I was 19, and we're now celebrating four years in February. And it's been a journey, truly. We've all grown. You know, when I started my relationship with them, it was more like them against me and me against them. At points where we, if we were having a dispute or a discussion, you know, like painful growth sprouts in the relationship. Um, I had this story that, you know, they've been longer together. They, they're going to stick it out and I'm going to be left out. And that's been such a pivotal change now because right now we we're in this together for three you know like we're a triad it's not going to be one or the other less and this and that it's more like oh we have a difficulty we're going to work on it each individual person is going to put their part in it and make sure that the whole collective is okay so for those listening managing and going through their own relationships would you offer any advice to them yes Honesty above all and communication is key for a fruitful relationship. Hiding things never works. You know, if you're feeling something, share it. I feel like it's going to come out one way or the other. So you might as well talk about it. And if it just gets things moving quicker, you know, if you're going to beat around the bush, it's just going to make things awkward, tense, and it's just more of a disservice to yourself and towards the other person, truly. Because if the relationship's not meant to be, you'll know it. Yeah. And this is making me think about our recent conversations around identity and what identity really is and how we evolve our identity over time. Do do you want to share a bit about your perspective on that? Yeah. I feel lately I've been really into tapping into my identity and whatnot. I've been reading a great book. It's called The, The World is Made Out of Stories by David Loy. And it's truly been life-changing. I, it gives me the opportunity to detach, not really detach, but more like not be so, have non-attachment towards the character I've created and I've had for so long in my life as a child up to this recent age. There's no reason sometimes to keep dragging on that forward. You know, you're a different person now. You're in a different circumstance, your environment's different and whatnot. And you keep bringing things from the past and sharing, bringing them towards, towards your relationships and everything. And you're just kind of realizing, wow, like, do you ever like look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, I look so different. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that also happens inwards. I am so different. I'm not the same person I was two weeks ago. I've had so many different experiences, so many different stories occur. And I incorporated those into my psyche. And now I'm like this person that I am now. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we can sometimes cling really closely to an identity because it served us well, but we haven't realized things have changed. We don't need that identity anymore. Or there's another version just waiting to emerge, but we're, we're stopping it. Yeah. Yeah. Something just the same month of August where like, I realized that I needed to stop making my mom, my world, and I needed to make myself my world and whatnot. It was a lot of shifting towards also letting that character I created when I was there. You know, when my mom was my world, my my stories were all wrapped around her and whatnot. You know, realizing that I needed to let that person die. You know, I don't need to be bringing a little piece of that person that used to be. You know, I don't even identify with them anymore. I can't. I can't look back. 10 years ago and be like, wow, that's me. No, I honestly truly cannot. I, I'm just like, that's just, I can't do it. But for me to still be holding on to this one piece and being like, she got me through so much and it would be a disservice to her if I kept, if I didn't bring her with me. You know, she, she's, she's helped me through all these circumstances, all these trivials and trials. And I feel so attached to that that I feel the need to keep bringing it forward. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I just I mean, got them too. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. It's You need to grieve what it was, but you also need to let it go. You know, your, your life is ahead of you and you're going to be so many different people. So if you keep holding on to this one identity, it's going to be such, such a disservice, not only to you, but to the world. Because you're going to keep evolving and people are going to see that and they're going to be like, wow, who is this authentic expression of self? Who is that? What is that? Yeah. And if you're carrying this little, this little thing that's still there in the back of your brain, no matter how small it is, no matter how much you, you think you don't think about it, it's there. And once you let that go, it's going to be like the whole world is your oyster. Yeah. And this reminds me of people talk about ego death and like the goal is ego death. And truly when, when I think of that, I see it as it's death of the identity you used to be and not just to become identity, identity list, but to allow yourself to have the human experience of emerging with a new identity and trying that on for a bit and then evolving beyond that and continually doing that. So it's not that you're a thousand different people, but it's also that you're a thousand different people. The coreness of who you are that was always there. You're nothing. Not even you. There is nothing. There's nothing. But the world is made out of stories. So you're either going to pick to be nihilistic and make meaning because you're already making a meaning that nothing is meaningful. That's a story you're telling yourself. And if you want that to be your story, great. That's a You can do that. But if you can make your story into I'm a human. There's all these stories out there. There's all these experiences, these feelings, these emotions out there. And I can be okay, safe with experiencing every single one of them to have the full spectrum of humanity, emotion. It was just like, wow, you could, you could just do it all. And it's okay. You know, I, this is going to be such, a silly example, but it's so cute. I want to get my wisdom teeth removed. And Sean's like, that is so weird. 
that you're so excited about having your teeth removed. And he's going to be like, it's going to be such an awkward, painful process. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. But I'm so looking forward to like just having those holes back there. It's going to be so cool. For some reason, I just want to experience it. And that's, I'm not attached to, oh, but it's going to be such a tedious experience. Like it's going to be so complicated. No, I'm just like letting myself enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be hard, but also what's wrong with that? Nothing. It's just, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. It's this gift to ourselves to let ourselves be an experience without having to judge it or make it right or make it wrong or make there be a better way or a, a worse off way to just live. Yeah. Just love. Isn't that exciting? It is. And and then what is identity? Identity becomes the de-identified. Identity becomes... I think you even said this in one of our sessions. Your identity is your observer of the human you. Yeah. But you can also enjoy the human you and embrace and have fun as it, but also know beyond that, the observer you is is the you. Yeah. Especially... And it comes and goes, you know, it's... You have to be truly like... In, sync with it but are there are moments of clarity where if i'm for example having a dispute with someone and i can see that this character that i'm playing is really attached to being stubborn about this one circumstance and i can just notice and some some would like it's not dissociating but it's just like a sense of awareness of like a pause within the continuity i can just be like oh I can totally see what's going on here. This character of mine is so obsessed with the story of being right, of like making sure that their story is heard. And I'm like, does that even matter? You know, you get to do that pause and be like, is this something that I really want to fight for? Is this a story that I want to continue repeating? Because it's just a loop. It's going to keep going if you let it. But if you just step back for a minute and you're just like, wow, what can I do differently? And then you're just like, let's see. Okay. Rather than continue to fight, you can just be like, okay, whatever. Like, you're right. The whole trajectory will change. Even the person that you were fighting with might come over and apologize. And you're like, oh, I didn't need to like get all agitated and get all emotionally involved in it for me to get the response I wanted. I could just be like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. I'm detached from it. I think that's such a good point. It We sometimes conjure emotions as a sense to feel powerful so that we think it's okay to speak up but when we know it's okay to just share what we want to share if it fe- if it feels like something we're called to do we don't have to create a big grand emotion around it to make it happen yeah it's taking me a while to realize that you know i'm i just feel a lot you know i have a lot of emotions and in the past i had all these like up and downs and i would have to make a meaning for them i used to be like oh my god i'm feeling this tension i must be so anxious over this and this and that and that or i'm feeling so sad i must be depressed for wallowing all these other sorrows you know and now if i feel sad i'm just i cry and i let myself feel that and there's no story attached to it i'm just feeling because i'm a human yeah a lot of the coaching world will tell you that your thoughts create your feelings and on one level that is true But that is not the whole story because we are energy in this world of energy and we impact one another. So it's not just that every emotion you feel is coming from a specific thought that you thought and that you just change your thought to change the emotion. It's also that 
you're in the sea of energy around you and it does flow through you and you're feeling the energies around you and it's creating an emotional experience. You might interpret it with a thought, but it doesn't require the thought to create it. One of the things that I like about the coaching program, you think something, you then you feel it. And that's like what you think is what causes you to have these feelings and whatnot, is that it's a great start for anybody. You know, if you're not used to questioning yourself or like looking inward, you're so used to, oh, this person did this, and that's why I'm feeling this way. That's why I, that's why I feel so sad. It's because of their actions. And the coaching program, it shows you, well, there's something about their action that triggered something for you to think about. What did that, what was that? And I'm like, oh, I just thought that it was so rude. And it's like, why is that rude to you? Like, how do, why do you see it that way? It just gives you perspective to like look inwards and question, why are you narrating things and making a story of how other things around you are being perceived? Yeah. Yeah. I like that you say it's a good starting point because initially we often blame reality around us for how we are. But then you can start by thinking, okay, how did I create this? What did I do or what could I do different? And that's kind of like that step into the coaching experience. But then beyond that becomes, okay, I can't control the universe. So I didn't create everything at this human you know, lens. So what do I want to do about what I've faced without having to take ownership for everything around you? Yeah. I feel like also something that I've really benefited from the coaching is that we started with the the program of like you think something and then you feel it and then it always had a segue towards digging deeper as to where it came from that i'm feeling that way like thinking where it's coming from it's usually conditioned and whatnot but it also helps you reflect on like what else could be in there and once you're already like on that like snowball effect where you just keep rolling with it. You're getting better at catching it when it's happening. You get you're you're getting better at questioning it rather than just falling into it. That's when you're kind of able to and we've done a great way of like transitioning smoothly from like the ego need towards the soul need. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we started by coaching from an egoic place to help your ego have a sense of stability and health. And then now Mm. we've switched to be more of the soul side. Yeah, it's truly fascinating. Because once you start coaching, you just have all these alarms going off. And you're just like, somebody has called these alarms. And then once you realize that you have the power within you to do that, you're like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to be freaking out over everything. Yeah. Okay, so what would you say to somebody who's on the fence about working with a coach? (laughs) i'm gonna just do it (laughs) um i i think it's a great tool i just feel like my relationships have gotten better my relationship with myself has improved so much and just having a space to feel like it's unbiased for you to share certain things there's no at least with I'm like, I've always shared the nitty gritty aspects of every single thing I've been going through in my life. And I've always felt like it's been a safe space to do that. And now, now that I feel that, I feel like I've been able to take that out into the world. You know, I feel I used to be like, oh, I can only share this in a narrow, tight space. And now I'm just like, 
I'm like, I share it with Lisa. I can share it with everybody. I'm like, this is just a normal thing that every human goes through probably. And why not talk about it? Yeah. What would you say is unique about my coaching style? I feel like we're best friends and we're just talking, but it's very like easy. Like I don't feel like I'm getting like a psychiatrist evaluation. It's just like I'm chatting with you and you're like, huh, fascinating that you pointed this out. Like what's, what's that from? And I'm just like, oh, right. Let's talk about that. And then you dig deeper, but it's so smooth. It just, I've always loved your coaching style. (laughs) Well, thank you. How has the soul activation framework helped you coach yourself? Oh my God. I love it. I just feel like it's giving me that extra push towards it's empowering in a way I feel like yeah because I feel like you know once you're over the ego aspect of things you're kind of like okay I know how to play this game but once you're on the soul level it's like this is exciting like what can I do what can I do what can I question where is this coming from it just ignites you with curiosity that's what I would say it's what I've gotten the most from the ego um soul course I love that. Well, thank you for sharing. And is there anything else yeah. you want to make sure to to share before we wrap up today? Um, not really. I said I'm super happy. I think everybody should have a life coach. Lisa's fantastic. I've always I'm always recommending her to my friends and whatnot. I'm always just sharing that having a life coach is life changing. Truly. Thank you. Thank you. And you've created an incredible brand for yourself as well. So would you like to share any way that people yeah. can reach you and stay connected or any offers you have that way? Yeah, I you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lauren Lindsay's. It's L-A-U-R-E-N-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-S-S. You can follow me there. I do a lot of aesthetic stuff. I do like self-help stories and whatnot and just cool products. I love it. Well, thank you. And we'll put that in the show notes. So all you listeners, you'll be able to easily find it and get connected to where there. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with salt.